Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo! here with you on a Sunday evening. Victory Sunday it is, although it is late. Just there's nothing you can do when you got an eight-hour-plus drive to get back from where you were covering the game. I mean, I could have recorded this morning at like 5 a.m. You don't have a key to the Startable Studio. That's true. Super That's Talk true. Studio. I had to wait on you. You got to wait. wait. Yeah. Uh, plus... I mean, you do your thing, but the things that are true is my thing. You can't. I can't. I will not allow you to take it from me. I, so you, I've always. I mean, we use wrestling references all the time. Uh-huh, that's my here, gimmick. Your flair here. I'm Arn. I, I I know that in our video the other day that we kind of made, you were Arn. I was Flair. The the but which the, never the got tweeted out is, by the way. I don't know how it didn't happen. That's okay. But anyway, the fact of the matter is. You are the star. Oh, wow. I'm the supporting actor when that's it comes not, to the show. Not, I don't like to talk like that. I know. I don't. I don't like that. It's true. Podcasting uh, king. Just, just enough, enough, enough of that. It's too late in the evening. I just want to go to bed. To be totally honest, <laughs> it feels like the daylight savings is going to feel like it's four in the morning. <laughs> like when you texted me and said it's going to be eight fifteen before I go, I was like, okay. And I looked at my clock; it's like six thirty. I was just like, oh my god, it feels like midnight. I tell my kids to go to bed. My wife's like, it's six thirty. You know, I'm sorry. <laughs> we got a great show for you today. I want to thank you guys for tuning in, especially all the uh, servicemen and women out there taking care of us. Including, I want to give a shout-out to a very special one. Uh, not yet a serviceman or woman, but my good friend. Uh, I had a friend when I was uh, a younger man uh, who passed away way too young, way too young, and he left behind uh, three kids. Uh, his son uh, has uh, joined the Air Force and will report to a boot camp on December 10th. So my friend uh, P- Preston Sagraves, appreciate you. And uh, serving your country, absolutely, yeah. So, but all of all of them, active or retired, we appreciate that. Uh, you know the guy, I forget his name, Sergeant uh, Zajac, yeah, was at the game. Yeah, he so. was there. I, apparently, lives in Arkansas, I believe. Here's what I'm going to say: Bring him to every game. Yeah, no doubt. Bring him to every game. Why not? <laughs> so. Tickets for life. All right, we'll talk about our sponsors when we get into our other two segments. But before we do anything else. Joel T. Coleman Woo. from Fayetteville to Starkville, from northwest Arkansas to northeast Mississippi. They all asking the same question, Joel. They want to know what's causing all that. What was causing all that on Saturday? I think a lot of folks might forget this with how bad the last month has gone. Folks, Mississippi State's got a lot of talent on their football team. And I know we're going to talk here in a minute about, I'm sure that some of the things that are true, I would about guarantee it. I don't know it. I hadn't seen a one of them. But I guarantee you, if I know you like I think I know you, one of them is just going to be something along the lines of Arkansas is terrible. I, I, I would I would bet a lot of money that somewhere along the line that that might be coming. Maybe. And that may be the truth. Ain't no maybe. That is the truth. But credit where credit's due. Mississippi State came out and played football on Saturday. And their talent shined. Colin Hill, let us not forget that he's one of the best running backs in the, in the screw this, the, the nation. He, he just is when he is on his game. I'm not saying he's perfect. I'm not saying he couldn't improve upon pass blocking and some other things at times. But when he is on his game, when he's playing his A game, he's as good as, as just about anybody in the country. Um, you know, I think if he was the running back at Alabama or somewhere like that, you'd probably see him on some Heisman rankings. Um, last, that's not the case, but – Talented guy, Nick Gibson. We've always known how talented he was, and and, and to come out and do what he did, um, Tommy Stevens to to be thrown in there, and 
just a credit to him for sticking with it the last couple of weeks, not pouting and uh, getting an opportunity. And he, he went out there and looked about like, you know, the guy that we saw the first game and a half of the year. Um, defensively, when you get Marcus Murphy and Willie Gay and those guys on the field, there's a ton of talent defensively. Cam Dantzler back out there. Um, it's not a perfect team, but it's a really talented team. And it's a team that I think that talent-wise has the potential to continue to grow and be really, really uh, be really good next year too. And, 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 and speaking of, of talent and stuff, the man's taken a beating the, the last last few weeks. I think that uh, this is kind of going off the, of the talent thing a minute, but I think it bears saying here. Joe Moorhead has taken a pounding from everybody on this show and everywhere else the last month and a half or more, dating back to the end of last year um, and, and and going 8-5 and five with one of the best defenses in school history. We all know all the criticisms of Joe Moorhead, but he had the guy – and, I, again, I, I know I can hear some of you screaming at the radio, yeah, but it was Arkansas. Yeah, it was. Get that in a minute. But you know what? Mississippi State did to Arkansas what a talented, good team should do to a crappy team. They went to Fayetteville, and they beat the brakes off of them. And that's a credit to Joe Moorhead for getting them ready and keeping them up and, and having a pretty good game plan, and, and everything that State did pretty much worked. And I mean, that's a credit to Joe Moorhead. And you know what? I mean, still, if, if you ask me the question, do I think Joe Moorhead's the head coach here um, – when the 2021 season kicks off, I'd probably still say no. I mean, Saturday didn't change that. Uh, he's still got to prove more, I think. And I, I think he, but the fact of the matter is, he can prove more. Like, Saturday was a really good day for Joe Moorhead. And personally, because I, I like the guy, I'm kind of rooting for him to do, do really well. I hope it was a starting point for him to do great things the rest of this year and into next year. I, I, I truly, I truly do. I can't help but think, though, and I, I read message boards and see some tweets sometimes, I can't help but think that there's some people out there that would have either loved State to have lost on Saturday and, and just continue to bash Joe Moorhead just so they could be right about Joe not being the guy and things. I, I don't understand that mentality. You know, I, do you know what the best thing for Mississippi State would be, folks? The best thing would be for Joe Moorhead to figure this thing out. And I don't think Saturday proved that he has figured it out, but it was a step in the direction of if he's going to figure it out, he had to do that on Saturday. And he did it. And that's an absolute credit to him. Uh, I don't know where it's going to go. It, it kind of, in, in some respects, it kind of kicks the can down the road a little bit because I know all eyes will be on Thanksgiving night and the Egg Bowl, and that's, I guess, Joe Moorhead's next big judgment day, so to speak. But he had to start this comeback, so to speak, with a win at Arkansas. And he went into Arkansas, and with the talent that he had, just kicked the crap out of him. And that's a credit to every guy on that team for keeping their, their head in the game. It's a credit to Joe Moorhead for keeping his team's head in the game, having a good game plan. They came out and, and, and did the job. Uh, it was a really, really good day for Mississippi State and a really good day for Joe Moorhead and Quite frankly, as a state fan, you couldn't have asked for anything more out of Saturday. I know there's probably still disappointment for the last month, but last month's gone, folks. Um, if Joe Moorhead and company's going to turn this thing around, it started Saturday. They did exactly what they needed to do. All right. 
I like that. That was kind of rambling. I didn't write it down. I didn't bullet point it. I just kind of rambled. But it was what was causing all that. Absolutely. Well, that's all you need to know. (laughs) All right. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time once again for our weekly tradition. These are the things that are true, brought to you by the good folks over at College Corner. It's always true that you can save money with thunder and lightning in College Corner. Just shop at either one of their two locations in Ridgeland at by Fleet Feet or over in uh, Flowood by the Half Shell. Or shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Use the promo code THUNDER there or just mention the podcast when you shop in person. You will save 15% on any purchase you make of MSU logo wear, of MSU goods, services, I don't know what all they've got. They got a, they got everything you're looking for. I'll tell you that much right now. So if you're looking for something for yourself or the Bulldog fan in your life, go check out our friends at College Corner or collegecornerstore.com. I got 10 things that are 100% true. There's not a, there's not a falsehood amongst them. <laughs> uh, nay, verily I say unto thee, these are true. Number one, Arkansas is wait for it wait for it putrid didn't even have to get far into this till you got to that wow they're bad they are maybe the worst team i've ever seen in the sec i'll put them up against any mid 80s early 90s vanderbilt team i'll put them up against cheryl's last team i'll put them up against the old miss houston nuts last team that team is god awful and Chad Morris, he better be cussing and screaming at Florida State right now, who we'll talk about in a little while, because that, that, has, that box is open now. You can sure as hell fire Chad Morris, and you should. He, that team is unbelievable. It's unbelievable how bad they are. And it's funny with Chad Morris, everywhere he leaves gets better when he's gone. Clemson was good when he was there. They, he leaves, and they win three national titles, or two national titles, whatever it is. He, he goes to SMU, never has a winning season. They leave. He leaves. They were undefeated going into last night. Maybe he's the problem. You got to fire that guy. They are so bad. They don't have – there's not a single guy other than Rakeem Boyd that could start at Mississippi State, let alone a, a quality top-tier SEC team. Not one guy. I like Dejon Harris. He's Scooter Harris. He's okay. That's it. That's it? One guy? I mean, you think about State, right? Hill could start at most schools. Uh, Darrell Williams could start at a lot of schools. Willie Gay would start for a lot of schools. Thompson and Lewis could play at schools. Chauncey Rivers could play. Dantzler could start at a lot of schools. Cole could start. That's, I mean, I, I, I got a number of guys there. They got one in the starting 22. One. Oh, Putrid sh- may not even be strong enough. I don't even know... They have exceeded my vocabulary to describe how much they suck. <laughs> There's got to be another guy somewhere that could start somewhere. Who? I know you were going to ask you that. You watched and I can't the tell play. You surely, surely there's one other guy. Their quarterback, but, Hicks, that guy couldn't start at USM. He couldn't start at, at South Alabama. He is awful. <laughs> he is just How do you get two grad transfers and they're both awful? Now that I've seen and Starkle didn't even play. He's done. He might as well just pack up his bags, go hang out at the SAE house across the street from the stadium. Everything you just said was completely true. Uh, yes, it was. Uh, no doubt about that. 
I, I still think, and you, and you, we got nine to go here. Yes, you got to give a lot of credit to Mississippi State for the way. Perhaps they I should continue then. Okay. Number two, number one though, they are really bad. They are really bad. Number two, it doesn't take anything away from the win. Yep. Tennessee's not a good team. Yep. State didn't beat them. All right. Texas A and M is not a unbeatable juggernaut. State wasn't even in the game. All right. State did what you should do when you play a team like that. You hit on it. You got to beat them unmercifully, and State did. The game was never in doubt. They went down on the field on the first play, or first drive, and scored. They went down on the field on the second drive and scored. Seventeen nothing. Twenty. Arkansas scores. They immediately score to retaliate and push the lead back to seventeen. It was never any closer than that. It's just a beatdown. State. How well State played on on Saturday, I think, to me, illustrated the fact that. They should have won that game at Tennessee. I mean, if State plays like that, they they beat the crap out of Tennessee too. Like I, I just, I, it's kind of frustrating in a way to watch how well State played on on Saturday and know that that's in them. And, and yeah, part of it is that Arkansas's not good, but like I said, Tennessee isn't either. I mean, State State should have should should have at least when you look back won that game. Um, if not, you know, Kansas State. And I mean, we can go through the whole list, but uh, yeah, uh, State, State, no no doubt, no taking away anything what they did on Saturday, man. They came out in guns a-blazing, and, and, and kudos to, to every one of those guys. They, they look ready to play. Um, I, I don't think you can, you can credit them enough for going into that environment and just kicking their teeth in immediately. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they came out and just landed a haymaker. a strong word. Well, I mean, that's true, too. It was... What are they going to ask, 52,000? Yeah, and that was generous by probably at least like 22,000. It it may have been... They may not have been 35 in that stadium. Yeah, and by the middle of the second quarter, he had lost half of them. Um, I don't know that I've ever seen a a game between two Southeastern Conference institutions that had that low of an attendance. Yeah. Uh, Maybe... Maybe at least, at least sta- not personally. Before State expanded the, the stadium, maybe. But. Um, but either way, it doesn't matter the environment. State's gone on to the road and been terrible the last two years. Mm-hmm. And they, they were, weren't today. They, they weren't, weren't on Saturday. There was never really a moment that they were bad no. on Saturday. I mean, they got, it, it was beginning they got positive yards on the first play. That's how I knew it was going to be a different day. Yeah, well, they actually did have a false like, start. They had a false start. <laughs> You're right. And at that moment, I was just like, Here we go again. Here we go. Uh, I cannot believe I'm at the point now. You remember when I said they got a script place? Now it's just got to be like, look, we're going to go out there, we're going to set, and we're going to go. No looking at it. We're going to set, and we're going to go. And I don't care if they have called a play, and their defense is the exact perfect one to stop it. We're just going to snap the ball, and we are not getting a penalty on the first play. We're just not going to do it. You know, that uh, that false start was probably the only moment all day, though, where anybody could have yeah. been like, yeah. uh-oh. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Maybe the Malik. When they scored- maybe the Malik. Uh, well, even then, I mean, State but even was, up State by was ahead by yeah. good, yeah. When, the, when Arkansas scored, I thought because State had uh, had been they'd been forced to kick a field goal. They made the field goal, but they, they you know they were stopped. Arkansas scores, and it's seventeen seventy. Think, gosh, you know, State State really needs to answer here because if they don't, the crowd's going to get into this. But State answered, yeah, and so it was just never there. Number three, nobody can make an argument from this game, and what I mean by that is this. If you're a Moorhead supporter, you can't point to this game as something of, well, see? See what happens? You, you got nothing. Because that's a terrible team. But if you're a Moorhead detractor, you can't say, well, they were terrible. 
because State's played terrible teams before and lost. All that you can take from this game is that State won. They won a game they should have won, and they did it. And they did it very convincingly. But the detractors and the supporters, you didn't gain any ground on each other in this game. Yeah, that's true. In, as I, far I know as, that it's true. Yeah, absolutely, because it's one of the things that are true. Yeah, yeah. Um, as far as Joe goes, though, I just I feel like this was a really good day for him. I mean, you're right. As far as gaining ground, losing ground, you, you can't really. But that we knew that kind of going in, like it was a, a, a an equal sum proposition, I guess, going in. You knew if state won, that everybody would say, "Well, yeah," but it was Arkansas, and you knew if state lost, everybody'd be on on Moorhead because it was Arkansas. I mean, it just yeah. everybody kind of knew that going in. It was a game, though, that that Joe had to have. You had to have it. And you got, got it. it, but... And so you can move forward. You can move forward. And we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of this. And uh, that, that was what Saturday was about in the big picture of Mississippi State football mm-hmm. was let's kick the can down the road to the Egg Bowl. Which is and, and that's, where we sort of are. And that's exactly well, I'll, what I'll tell you what, I'll move up number 10 here, and we'll just, we'll talk about it because you brought it up. But you and I and the rest of the beat and basically fans and everybody else now have about a month of peace and quiet. Yeah. Because you have the bye week, then you have Alabama, which everybody expects you to lose. Abilene Christian, which everybody expects you to win. There's nothing really in doubt until the week of Thanksgiving. Yeah. And that's when everything will fire back up. And in reality, it'll be very simple. Joe Moorhead wins that game. He will coach 2020 in relative peace. He will still need to win and win more than he loses and go to a bowl. But he doesn't he doesn't start on day one with you're in trouble in 2020. Doesn't he do he will not. If if he's if he's six and six and then seven and six after a bowl, he 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 starts day one on a sort of warm seat. On a sort of it's it's slightly warm. Yeah. It's elevated. On a scale of one to ten, it's a five and a half. Yeah. It's kinda like when somebody was sitting on the couch right before you right. and you come and sit and you're like, huh. The this couch is, is a better yeah. example than what I was going with. Good call. <laughs> Nobody wants what I was gonna say. But if you lose, you lose the Egg Bowl, you coach 2020, you go into day one on 2020 knowing I am coaching for my job this season. I think you know it either way, but at least you have some some wiggle room with the win. But for you and I, I, in reality, the rhetoric and everything should dial down for a couple of weeks here. Yeah. Now, that's it. the only way it could, it could ratchet up is if you lose to Alabama like 58 to nothing, there's going to be some of that. Yeah. And I get the frustration of some MSU fans. Because they see Ole Miss lose by six to Auburn when you lost by you know a large margin. They see Ole Miss scoring thirty points on Alabama, and are you going to do that? I get that frustration, but it's just it's just different. Yeah. It's just different. So, so that was number ten, but I will make that number uh, four now. So number five. Tommy Stevens has my head spinning with all the questions I have. I don't I don't know what to make of what he did because now I'm wondering if he hadn't gotten hurt, could that have been? What he what he was, you know. I can't stop thinking that he was nine for nine against USM when he got hurt. Mm-hmm. He was tearing them up. I think it's hurt. Had a pretty good day against Louisiana. He had a good day. I mean, he wasn't the reason that that the offense did sputtered. Yeah, you know. Uh, I mean, he had a couple turnovers, but I mean, I didn't have a huge issue with that. And then you know, he. I think they rushed him back in. You know, I think that they could have not played him against Auburn at all. Just why, why play him? You know, let's let Trader have that game. Maybe that game's a little different. I don't think Holt State would have won, but I don't know if you're down twenty-one nothing because you just Stevens wasn't ready to play. 
And then, you know, they played him against Tennessee. He wasn't ready to play yet. Well, Maybe I, he wasn't ready to play because of what happened at Auburn. So maybe you could have just let him sit the Auburn game and let him play against Tennessee if he was healthy. Because not only did he throw the ball well, which I knew he, he could, was capable of, look how well he ran. And he ran physically. Ran yeah. hard. Could that have been what we had all year? I don't know. Well, you wonder if watching how Schrader's ran the last few weeks kind of had Might have juiced him up a little. I, I've got to do that, too. But I think you caught a glimpse post-game. With Joe's, and I didn't, with I didn't Joe's comments. To, uh, I didn't get to talk to Schrader or Stevens postgame, but you did. Well, I, I'm talking about Joe's comments okay. postgame. Um, I think you might have caught a glimpse of why he kept trying to run him out there, even though he may have been banged up a little bit. Joe and Tommy are tight. In Joe's own words, he considers him like a son. Don't tell me that those heartstrings don't impact decisions a little bit. They just do. Um... If you're going to call somebody like a son, mm-hmm. and I know as a head coach of a football team, you got kind of a lot of folks that kind of seem like your kids a little bit. But, I mean, that, there are some long-standing ties there with Joe and Tommy. Mm-hmm. And you can't tell me that that didn't impact things a little bit with him. Well, I mean, it impacted the fact that he's even here. And, and then I would think that it had to play a role in him continually getting ran out there, um, even if he was banged up a little bit, too. Uh so anyway, uh, I don't know what this season would have been had he not gotten banged up. But if that's if that guy that you saw on Saturday, mm-hmm. if that is the Tommy Stevens that Mississippi State has, if you'd had him the whole year, you'd be at worst uh, six and three right now. Well, beside the point of that, if that's the guy you got, then mm-hmm. Garrett Schrader's your backup quarterback again. Yeah. Well, let's, it, let's talk about that. Let's let's just go straight in. You're setting me up here today. It's a good job. And I don't even know what's coming. Number so. six, though, what's the decision at quarterback? There's one to be made now. Are we going back to Stevens? Or are you? Are we going with, with Trader? Which one are they doing? Going to do? I don't know. I don't know what the correct answer is. I think the correct answer. If you had said I had to pick, I'm going to ride with Stevens and just see. You know, you've got Trader there. He's the freshman. He's the one who's told us a million times that it's Tommy's job when he comes back. Well, let's put that to the test. I hate it that Schrader's red shirt is burned. Nothing you can do about that. They probably could have. Well, look, let's just be honest here. There's a chance that, that Tommy plays against Alabama and gets broken in half. That's true. I mean, I hate to say it like I don't, that. I don't, I, don't, I don't mean like, you know, critical. I mean, but he is, he's now suffered through, what, three or four injuries yeah, already? I mean, and Alabama isn't exactly known for just, you know, playing flag football out there. Well, you, you, I, I get gonna that. Get, you're going to get hit. But I feel like if you just sort of knew what you know, Maybe Joe would have just told Keon Thompson, hey, you're going to have to go in at some point and, and tried to find a way to keep Schrader's redshirt intact. I don't, I don't know how you would have done it, but that's not on me. Um, but for me, I would go with Stevens and just see where it takes you. And the thing is, though, you can find – Schrader can still play. You can, you can put packages in for Schrader. You can put plays in for Schrader. You can do those things. But Stevens is the better passer. And if he if – he, the reason I was saying Schrader needed to go a few weeks ago was, was I thought, well, if, Schra- if Stevens can't pass, it's just not going to work because he's not as good a runner. But if Stevens can pass, if he's healthy and able to go, and if he's able to run like that, yeah, then what you're getting, what you, Schrader's the better runner. But what you're losing isn't as significant as what you would you would gain from Stevens being the better passer. And there's another part of that which we'll get to in just a minute. But my thought now is you, you switch back. I think Schrader, he doesn't have the ego. It's not going to kill him. He'll be fine. And you just go forward into next season. 
and with that. But Stevens, I think, should be the guy. These are last three games. Uh, you know, I think Stevens gives you the best chance to, to – Abilene's not an issue. Stevens gives you the best chance to beat Ole Miss, in my opinion. And I think that's the question you got to ask yourself. Yeah, that's, that's exactly the question you have to ask. Who gives you the best chance to win that game? Because that's the game that makes the difference. Speaking of that game, number six – number seven, I'm sorry. Kylan Hill is why Mississippi State will beat Ole Miss. Yep. He is the best player on the field when he's on the field in that game. Period. When State's offense is on the field against Ole Miss's defense – Kylan Hill is the best player. Ole Miss, not great against the run. Teams have been able to run the ball on them. Texas A&M was. Auburn was. uh, Alabama was. Kylan Hill will run the ball on Ole Miss. He will be the reason State wins that game. I don't know. I'm not not predicting that that's going to happen. But I'm telling you that if State wins, it's because Kylan Hill won the game. He will have a – I think he's due for – he's going to have a big game against them. I'll be honest with you. 234 yards could have easily broken Nick Fitzgerald's record if he'd been given another series. The next series, uh, <laughs> Gibson goes for what, like 60 yards on two carries. So if Kylan Hill had gotten those, you'd have a new rushing record here at Mississippi State. Um, just dominant. Absolutely dominated that game. Big plays, tough running, ran physically, but also ran with some finesse. Showed you the complete package, I thought. You know, though, he has the last couple of weeks, ever since he made the comment about how he, uh, needed to get away from running with finesse or whatever he said in the, in the press conference a couple weeks ago. Right. Ever since he kind of made that comment that he was going to get away from that a little bit, yeah. we've seen Kylan Hill back. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if that's just coincidence or not, but if he's playing like that, State's got a chance to – I mean, they're not going to beat the Alabamas and LSUs of the world, but right. they, they can hang with anybody. Right. If he had played like that against Tennessee, <laughs> State wins. But he didn't. You know, Tennessee bottled him up, and he wasn't able to do anything with it. But Kylan Hill against Ole Miss is a matchup that I like. Uh, number eight, Bob Shoup is officially blameless for this season. Yep. I will blame nothing on Bob Shoup. When he has his full complement, that team is good. And he doesn't really have his full complement because Fletcher Adams and Maury Smitherman are out. Yeah, and he didn't have Autry on Saturday. He didn't have Autry, yeah. So I get the feeling that when we, when we get to the Egg Bowl, you're going to see an MSU defense that is capable of slowing down John Rice Plumley and that Ole Miss rushing attack. Feel pretty confident about that. I agree. You know, I agree. I, and uh, I am. St- you and I. It's 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 really interesting with Ole Miss as we, you know. We're getting close to that game, so we can talk about them a little bit. We're going to talk about them in just a minute, anyway. Uh, everyone outside of the red and blue bubble, and I'm not using that as a derogatory term, but you know, the people. You know, we're in the maroon and white bubble. We cover Mississippi State, so we we know things we know. Everybody thinks they should just go with Plumley. Just give the ball to Plumley and get it over with. He's the guy. I was in a group text with my cousins who were all the LSU fans, and they were just like, what does Corral do? What does he give Ole Miss? Go with Plumley. Everybody says it. And then we talk to people who cover Ole Miss, they say, that no, you cannot. And I just don't get it. I watch them play, and I'm just like, I would go with Plumley. I would just take my lumps in the passing game, be a little bit one-dimensional. Against Mississippi State, running the football is a, is a pretty good option. I wouldn't play Corral against Mississippi State if I was Ole Miss. I just put Plumley out there with Connor, with with Phillips, and with uh, Ely. And I try to run the ball as much as I could, and, and make the, the with State the way they tackled and pass some short passes to guys like those running backs and Elijah Moore can turn into big games. State missed tackles, so we'll see what happens with the Rebels. But for me, getting back to the original point, 
it was already going to be a tough thing to replace the start the, the guys from last year. Losing Gay, Autry, and Murphy, it was just too much to overcome. Yeah. For anybody. For any coach in America. Dave Aranda, Nick Saban. Nobody could have taken this defense and lost what they lost, not only from last year, but from this year itself, and been successful. It just couldn't have been. But we've seen three times now he's had the full complement. And even though they lost to Tennessee, the defense wasn't the reason why. And you'll see it one more time, obviously, in the Egg Bowl. If the defense plays like it did on Saturday. And if you win that, you'll see it another time, I guess. Well, yeah, if, yeah, if the defense plays like it did Saturday against Ole Miss, State will win. I, I, I 100% agree. When, when State has its guys, they pretty much are what we thought they were. Yeah, they're a, they're the, a good but not great the, defense. The, the offense still hadn't taken the strides forward that you would have hoped that it would have taken. Um particularly in the passing game this year. But by and large, when State has its full contingent of guys, they are exactly what you thought they were coming in the year. They're, they're, they're a team that you feel like if State had had their guys all year long, that they do have another couple wins in their holster right now, at least one more anyway. Um, but, hey, that didn't way it happened. So, <laughs> but, but back to your original point, yeah, you, you cannot blame Bob Shoup for I don't think anything this year. Yeah. Uh, there's been some bad showings at times, but a lot of those times it was because there's a lot of youth on the field that wouldn't have had to be there yeah. um, in other circumstances. But Yeah. Number nine. Been awfully positive throughout this, right? Well, that's a good thing. That's another thing, too. We, I, we, I don't know if you got any of these tweets on mm-hmm. on, on Saturday, but I got, I got several tweets from a couple folks in particular, it was just talking about how negative we are on this show. And yeah. Like, folks, the reality is the last month plus hadn't been a whole lot of positive to pick out. Yeah. You know, it just kind of I don't know what kinda you kind of is what it is. Yeah. We're, 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 I don't, if, I, if the truth is bad, it just is. I can't help that. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, I'm and, not going to lie to you. And, and, and I think there is a misconception sometimes that this here – Program is supposed to be a, a the Mississippi State pep rally yep. show. Don't, and it's don't just, work for the university. It's just a. Hopefully, you you guys get that we're trying to to the best of our ability, and you all know where you know our backgrounds are anyway. To the best of our ability, try to stay realistic with this stuff. Yeah. In all honesty, my realism is probably a little more towards the sunshine pumpy side, and your realism is probably a little more towards the negative side. To be completely fair, it is. Um. But I think we try to do a pretty good job of playing this thing down the middle here. Yeah, well, um, so anyway. But, I feel like today we've well, been very today positive. Today I think we've been very positive. So I'll give you permission. I don't know if the listeners will. But I give you permission to be negative. Very Let's good. Go. Number nine, special teams. <laughs> it's not. What <laughs> else? Even Joe Moorhead was negative on special teams apparently. All, all, so all bad. Interview. It, it, that's nine games, nine special teams problems. There has been a special teams issue in every single game. So that guy's got to go. Joey Jones, I'm going to steal. You know, I used to have this little repartee with a former co-host of yours. When I tell you, he can't be in our social club no more. <laughs> All right? He's got to go. He's got to go. All right? And I'm not saying that a news. Here's the thing about special teams coaches. I don't really know what they do. You know, like, I mean, because that's, am I supposed to believe they're just consistently working on this stuff? No. Just, no, I mean just standing over there with the punters like, and stuff. The thing with Malik Deer, I'm just like, one time he he lets the ball go over his head and it's down inside the ten. 
The next time he goes up to catch it, no, he fumbles it. He made the wrong decision twice by doing the opposite thing. Normally, if you're like, okay, you screwed up, so do the opposite of that. That makes it right. No, he made it wrong somehow. And then he keeps telling us, more he keeps telling us, oh, they just miskicked. I don't believe there's been seven miskicks in a row. They're telling them to sky kick these things, and they can't do it. <laughs> you know, a sky kick is supposed to hang up in the air so your coverage gets down there, and they don't have any choice but to fair catch it. We're sky kicking, and it's it's like straight up in the, to, well, to the guy. Well, with that, that's probably a Joe call, though, right? You can't really blame Joey for that. If it, like if everyone, what did I say kick, last week about Joe Moorhead and special teams? I'm not, I'm not. I'm not blaming Joey Jones. I'm blaming Joe Moorhead. Yeah, sure. Because fix the problem or don't. Problem's not fixed. Maybe I'll get fixed at the end of the year. I don't know. But I have never seen a team this bad at special teams. It's they're really bad at it. Ish. Number ten in multiple facets. Yeah, like. yeah. I mean, Tucker Day's been consistent all year. That's about it. Number ten. This can be a really good team next year if they get coaching. If Morehead could figure it out, they could be really good. Schrader, I think Colin Hill will be back. You're gonna return what, like three starters on the line, maybe four. Most, you know, you're going to bring back Osiris Mitchell. You'll bring back uh, the other receiver I'm thinking of who's been playing a little bit. I don't know. I guess you lose some receivers. But you're bringing in Malik Heath and some Juco guys, and you've recruited some receivers. You got you got enough depth there to be okay. Javante Payton. Payton is back, back. yeah. Yeah. Hien. So, uh, and then defensively, I mean, you bring back a lot. You bring a lot defensively. You got the pieces to be pretty good next year. Mm-hmm. But it's all on Joe Moorhead. It's all on him finding his way as a head coach. If you can find it, great. You got the talent to be an eight win team next year. You got the schedule to be an eight win team next year. Look at next year's non conference Tulane, New Mexico State, Alabama and M, all beatable. North Carolina State, if you watch them this year, they're awful. I don't know that they're going to get so much better next year. You get Kentucky, you get Missouri. Those are winnable games. I've got you to six right there. Can you win? Arkansas, there's no way they're going to be just. Oh, they're going to have a new coach. <laughs> so you should be able to beat them. Now I'm at seven. Can you win one more of Ole Miss, Auburn, Texas A&M, Alabama, LSU? Can you win one game in there? If you can, you got eight. You win two, you got nine. And you get Auburn and A&M at home. So. But they got, it's it's all, it is all on Joe Moorhead for next year. 100%. Either he's going to figure it out or he's not. And State's either going to get the head coach they thought they were getting, or they're going to get a new head coach. There's not going to be any middle ground. There's not going to be any gray area for Joe Moorhead next year. He has a team. He has a, a roster that can win eight games next year. Win it or get out. And it's another – it's a reason – I mean, there's multiple reasons you'd want to see this, but you'd like to see Kylan Hill return. I think you will. Because then you have a running back that's in the third year of that system. Yeah. You'd have a quarterback in Garrett that's in his second year in that system. And was he an early enrollee? I'm trying to remember back. Did he have a – who? Garrett. Did he did he enroll? Garrett's in an early enrollee. So he'd have basically what two and a half years or something like that yeah. working with. Uh, you'd have all this experience in the Moorhead system. Uh, there would be zero excuse at that point. Yeah. Like if the offense didn't click next year, if you had Kylan and you have Garrett, there's no have excuse. Other, there would just be the offense. It would either, be on him. It's either going to work or it's not. Or it's not. There is no gray area. And I won't. I won't talk. And these suspensions aren't going to happen again because if they do, then you got to fire like ten people. Including the athletic director at that point, I would think. If you have another NCAA scandal like that, 
There's not going to be any excuses next year. Win or get out. You're going to have a team that can win. You're going to have a schedule that sets you up to win. you got to take advantage of that. All right. Enough talk about that. Let's talk about something important. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. Coffee is for closers. And, of course, when you go to Strange Brew Coffee House, you can be a closer. Check them out over there on Highway 12 and Spring Street. You only got to wait another week before you're back into Starkville. But if you don't want to wait, you can always shop online. Check them out online. So, when you need to pick me up, you know, when Joel T. was driving home from Fayetteville to Starkville at 2 in the at the butt crack of dawn. Oh, 2 in the morning. I was just in Memphis. Yeah. I bet he was thinking, man, I wish there was a Strange Brew Coffee House right here. Well, spoiler alert, I had to get, I did get coffee on the way home. But it wasn't Strange Brew Coffee. It was not Strange Brew Coffee. It wasn't as good. And as potent. I talked to my wife for like an hour after I got that coffee just as part of the keeping me awake, uh, keeping me awake plan. And uh, I told her on the phone that this, Blank coffee uh-huh. from this. It was weak. Nationally known. Uh, that coffee is not for closers. And I don't say this because Strange Brew is a sponsor. Strange Brew is so much better. That coffee is not for closers. No. Yeah. Anybody no. can have that coffee. Uh, All right. So. Doing a pinch kept me awake. But I got you. As far as taste. Yeah. 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 yeah well, you know, Joel tied me up. All right, uh, special teams. I mean, what else is there for Mississippi State? No coffee for them once again. Malik Deer, no coffee. Not a closer. All right? You heard about the uh, the, the prize we're giving out? What's the you know, first prize for uh, for whoever's the best on the team? It's a Cadillac Eldorado. Second prize, set of steak knives. Third prize is you're fired. <laughs> Joey Jones holding on to third prize right now. He's, you know, he's, he's going to be gone. So... You can either close or you hit the bricks. That's what I say. Joey Jones and the special teams. Once again, they are they they must be really tired because they haven't gotten any coffee all year. You know, Joe has talked before about how uh, I guess on Sundays they they all get together and watch it as a staff and then watch it as a team. Wouldn't you love to be in those staff watch alongs? Well, yeah, the I would. special teams gaffes come up. Does Joe just like keep rewinding it and like Joey? Joey, it's like, like, it's like the Zapruder film from JFK. <laughs> Back and to the left. <laughs> oh me, I I can't imagine like not doing something with that. Something's going to change. And like I said, if you can't, if that guy, if if you're not getting like really good results, you better be a lights out recruiter. He is not. Yeah. So what are you doing? You have to do something there just to make it look like you've done something exactly. about it. Exactly. Like it, it, might, it might be a little you know, <laughs> just shifting the deck chairs on the Titanic around a little bit, but you got to do something. Yeah. So, no coffee. You know, I didn't get any coffee. I'm going to enjoy this one. The Ole Miss Rebels don't get any coffee. What are they doing? All right. They had a chance to win. Yeah. They had a chance to get a program changing win. The direction of the program changes. Probably not for the direction they want it. There are probably a lot of Ole Miss fans doing what some state fans were doing. They they want to lose. They want Matt Luke out. I get that. Whatever. They cannot figure out what they're doing offensively. They have a lot of weapons. A lot. They have more weapons offensively than state does. But they cannot figure out what's going on at quarterback. And Rippy makes a good point every time he says, you know, when you have two quarterbacks. The passer is the starter, and the other the runner is the package guy. 
But Ole Miss isn't doing that. They're bringing in Corral on third and nine and saying, okay, what are we doing? Can you guess what we're doing, defensive coordinator? Yes, I can guess. It's hard to believe. And it, here's what has got to be killing Ole Miss fans, is that they are so much better defensively. Like Mike, they won't. He won't win it because they're not going to a bowl. But he should win the Broyles Award, because or either that or they should sue Wesley McGriff for every dollar they ever paid him, because these are not all SEC players. It's the same guys as a year ago, and he lost his probably his best player in the second game of the season, Sonogo. And they're so much better. Mm-hmm. Like they're actually a good defense. They stop teams. They held Auburn to twenty points. They held them to five hundred yards. Five hundred yards is not great. But they only got 20 points out of it. They forced turnovers. They're just better than they were a year ago. But they can't score. The one thing Ole Miss has always been good for, be it on the field or in the coach's office, somebody was scoring. <laughs> oh, me. And now they can't score. 14 points. That's got to drive them insane. Are we going to have like a 17-14 Egg Bowl? That Egg Bowl is going to go one of two ways. Either both offenses will show and neither defense will, or the opposite. So we're either going to have 51-48, or we're going to have 10-7. to That's a four-outcome game on Thanksgiving night. That is an absolute four-outcome game. <laughs> Ole Miss wins 50 to nothing. I'll buy it. Yeah. State wins 50 to nothing. I'll, I'll buy, buy it. it. And I'll buy close either way. 100%. Ole, Ole Miss, they're just... They're, and I see a lot of people, oh, Ole Miss is going to kill State. Why? Could Ole Miss beat State? Absolutely could. Why do you think they're going to kill? They're not good. People want to point to this Auburn game. Look how close they were to Auburn. Okay. They had a seven-point lead at home in the fourth quarter on Arkansas. State beat them at on the road by 30. So we can't play quid pro quo. We can't play transitive property with these teams, all right? When they get on the field, we'll see what happens. And that State game, going back to that, State was just shell-shocked for like six, seven minutes. And, I mean, by the time well, yeah. you look up, they you're got down, punched in the mouth. Yeah, you're down you're, 25, 30 points already. I mean, yeah. like. At that point, it's over, yeah. Ole Miss was able to just stay in the game. But by the same token, Arkansas was able to stay in the game at Ole Miss. Yeah. So what am I taking from either side? Nothing. We'll see what happens when they play each other. But this week, the Rebels, no coffee for you. And then in one of the easiest decisions ever, no coffee, no coffee. <laughs> I mean, it had to happen. See you, Willie. This is a game changer, by the way. This is officially now. You can. Fi- I've been thinking about this for like the last hour, and and I think it's the right decision. And I'll tell you why I think Arkansas should do it, and I would have thought Mississippi State should do it if State had lost on Saturday. Think about it if you were mar- you're married, right? Imagine if after two years, or not even two years, a year and a half of marriage, no cooking, no cleaning, she's running around on you, she's running you down in front of everybody. She's just a terrible wife. Are you really going to say, well, you know, I'll give another year and see what happens? No! You go to a job. You take the job, and the job is awful. It's not, it's not anything what you were promised. Imagine if it was the other way around, and Florida State hired Willie Taggart and said, we're about to dump $200 million into facilities. And our assistant athletic director's son is a five-star quarterback. He's going to commit. And then 18 months later, none of those things have happened, and the kid's committed to Alabama. And he walked away. He's like, I was made all these promises, and y'all didn't keep them. Nobody would fault him. So why should I fault Florida State with saying, well, we thought he could coach? Because he can't. He can't coach. Same with Chad Morris. He can't coach. It's great that they can recruit. 
great. But you can't coach. So you have to fire him. And now this is this changes a lot of things for a lot of people. By the way, Florida State is paying like $20 million in buyouts just to be rid of him. That tells you how much that tells you one thing that happened. That the university president got a phone call from money people who said, we'll pay just to get him out. Think about, think about your job. I, you know, and again, I don't want to know how much you make. Don't care. But imagine if somebody wanted you bad, gone from the Star Blade News so badly, they were willing to pay $20 million. Hell, if they were willing to pay $20, but $20 million to get rid of you, how badly do they want you gone? They want you gone bad. $20 million. And now they're going to have to go find a coach who probably also has a buyout. So here comes another $10 million for that. And then they got to sign the coach for God knows how much. And who's the first name I keep seeing? Mark Stoops? What? This is what? Mark Stoops is the top choice? Because you're not getting Urban Meyer and you're not getting Bob Stoops. Imagine, can you imagine some Florida State booster meeting? We got Stoops. What? We got Bob Stoops. No, no. We got Mark Stoops. Well, he has done an okay job at Kentucky. He's done an oh. I want you to think about what we're saying here. We're talking about Florida State, all right? Charlie Ward, uh, Peter Warwick, Deion Sanders, Bobby Bowden, national champions. He did an okay job at Kentucky is what got you hired at Florida State. Do you know who I want to get the Florida State job? Tell me. Hugh Freeze. So that he can go head-to-head with Dan Mullen in-state recruiting one more time. Joel? That is the greatest thing you've ever said on this podcast. <laughs> when I go to church, I'm gonna light a candle for that. And I don't know what y'all do at the Presbyterian Church. I don't. I don't know if I got to pay money to get that prayer said, but I'll pray it. I want that to happen more than I want anything else in the world. I hadn't even thought about that. Oh my God, that would be the greatest thing ever. Freeze versus Mullen one more time. Mullen would be so mad, so mad. Oh, that'd be hilarious. Who would you trust more? To, to, to win. In that Fre- situation? No, Freeze or, or Stoops. Freeze! Absolutely. 100% Freeze. He'll recruit better. Just keep him off the phone. He'd finally get Cam Akers. <laughs> <laughs> now I really want it to happen. That would be even better. <laughs> By the way, how much is Cam Akers hating life? Should have just stayed committed to Alabama, champ. Here... Here's a PSA to all uh, recruits out there. If you have a true, committable offer to Alabama, just take it. Just take it. There's not going to be any drama there. Just take it, and even if you're a backup, you have a better-than-average shot of making the NFL. Just take it. Don't go anywhere else. Rank them like this. Alabama. Can I get in there? Yes. Take it. It's like a flow chart. No. Can I get into LSU? Yes. Take it. Can I get in there? No. Oklahoma. Just, and go there, all right? That's, that's your flow chart. At no point should it be yes that I can pick to go to Alabama, and I say no. It should not be your choice. Very rarely. I might, I might, there's like a one in a thousand chance that I might say no to that. Hugh Freeze for Florida State is the greatest idea we've ever had. And I, I'm not, We didn't even have it. You had it. All right? Outside of the birth of your children, this should be the proudest day of your life. <laughs> Oh, please, please, dear eight-pound, six-ounce baby Jesus, let that happen. I will laugh for a solid day. I won't, we won't have a podcast that day. Why? Brian's laughing still. Wouldn't the number to a Florida number 
Yeah, oh yeah, it was down. Oh, it was the Florida number. Absolutely, it was. I mean, there may have been more than one. I can't remember. I was yeah. I slept since then, but you know, Savannah. Gets the, the original number that was found by so, your good friend and host over on the other podcast, Savannah Roxy, just gets a text that says, "I'm back." That's all it says. She knows who it's from. Oh my God, Freeze versus Mullen at Florida State in Florida is gold. It's absolute gold. Who do you root for? Freeze. I thought you'd say that. Because <laughs> yeah, it'll be so funny. It would be so funny to watch him get him again. To be able to enjoy it from an unbiased perspective. I mean, I'm already used to doing the dumb out chop, so. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to go that far, but I'll laugh. I'll laugh when he beats him. All of that said to say this, Florida State doesn't get any coffee. God, freeze it. But if they hire Freeze, they can have all the coffee I'll, they want. I will send them coffee. <laughs> It'll be on me. All right. Wow. All right, tomorrow's show, uh, we don't have more, more hit tomorrow on a press conference. Tuesday night, we have men's basketball. Let's preview men's basketball tomorrow. Hey, we have a full uh, thing, and then, you know. We have to figure out our recording schedule for tomorrow, by the way. We got some issues. Well, we have a men's basketball presser in our usual recording time. We do? We do. I was not aware of that. It's in, the, it's in your email, or it should be in your email. Oh, okay. Well, it wasn't in the group text. Um, I, who checks? You know, I'll check a lot of things when I'm driving. Email is not one of them. Yeah, nor I, but yeah. I, I was not driving, so yeah. I saw the email. But anyway, and then we have a women's basketball exhibition, which I will be covering tomorrow night. So. Oh, you're covering that? Yes. I will, I'll, I'll tell you, well, I don't think I'm going to that. So we may have so to. So we got to figure something out. We will figure something. I know out. that no one listening cares. Actually, you do care because it most most of you probably would like to have a show. So yeah, no, you'll, you'll get you'll get a show for sure for that. All right, we'll figure it all out and we'll have a show for you on Tuesday morning. So for Joel T. Coleman, Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.